1: to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. who has got it. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Pass is caught. Oh! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RotoViz Overtime and RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, my co host here on RotoViz OT, the co host as well of the Stadium Bananas podcast, one of the co owners at RotoViz. Sean, we are also co managers of a number of teams that we've talked about throughout the season. Unfortunately, our main event uh, did not uh, win the championship this past weekend. We did come up a little bit short on that. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, throughout the, the show or throughout the week when we do. Uh, get to some of the players who were involved and some other results that we have went very much in our favor so we still have the uh, kind of three week race here to, to go for the big prize money so maybe maybe it's all a sign of of things to come maybe it wasn't to be to win when that maybe we'll go and we'll take the whole thing down so uh it's uh, it's gonna be a fun couple of weeks Uh, i know some of our listeners playing in the ffpc had very successful weekend so congratulations to anyone playing in that format that has won fantasy championships uh, at a league level over the last week or so and then of course we're really into the the nitty-gritty of dynasty playoff time and season-long leagues week 15 as you mentioned sean in your monday recap piece this week is kind of do or die time in terms of winning those fantasy championships so hopefully everyone's rosters are, are in good position and, and we're ready to head on and win those titles because that's what that's the reason we all do it so it's, it's really into the, the hot end of the fantasy football season but sean week 14 was was quite interesting and um, lots of big kind of some breakout performances, some very solid performances some mvp performances And I think that uh, week 15 is probably going to be more of the same. I'm I'm really hoping for a a fantastic finish and an exciting finish uh, to the season. Lots of points, hopefully, to be scored.
2: You mentioned lots of points. It was a weekend where you could very definitely need a lot of points, depending on how things fell out. A lot of points were scored this past weekend. Uh, Blair Andrews and I had a best ball team that entered – the week in first place score 207 and surrendered the lead to a team that scored 219 so uh you could definitely be in some real shootouts you mentioned our main event and colin that's a, a very good example of the way anything can happen you always fight obviously all the way to the end it's never over until it's over and the projections while well, they may give you A hint of who has the edge, it's not necessarily going to tell you the outcome. We were projected to win fairly easily, even projected to win somewhat handily, entering the second wave of games or right to the cusp of overtime of the first games. And we ended up getting really pretty much annihilated by a team that (laughs) through, you know, injuries and COVID (laughs) list issues and, and that kind of thing had to start players like uh, you're feeling pretty good when your opponent has to start Austin Hooper, has to play Foster Moreau in the flex, has to play Josh Palmer, has to play Austin Walter, who didn't score any points because he was out with an illness that wasn't announced. And yet that team did still beat us by 30. So anything can happen on any given week. And, and sometimes that'll work very much in your favor. You mentioned that we were able to move along in the FFPC best ball tournament column we scored 196 despite the fact that jonathan taylor was on the buy so we were able to get a jonathan taylor team through that's very exciting we benefited from strong performances from players like aaron Rodgers, Devontae adams and then uh rashad penny column decided that he was going to make an nfl appearance former first round pick had a couple of rb1 games back in 2019 and he's back he scored uh, we actually didn't need his points this week the rest of our team played so well I almost wish that he had saved them for week 15 but maybe he can do it again
1: yeah let's let's hope he can um you know we've talked about him a lot I, I actually went in and looked um you know I've, I've talked a lot about James Connor this season being my most drafted player but I, I went in and uh, in that top five of players drafted this year and it hasn't worked until this point but this week it did work and that was uh, Rashad Penny is in there in the top five as well so big big week from him uh spike performance but um it's gonna be interesting to see I, I don't expect this to happen but he looked really good it wasn't just a case that he was you know rushing in from two or three yards out uh had a 32 yard rushing touchdown a 47 yard rushing touchdown did just have the one reception but in total 137 yard rushing it was against the the Houston Texans but um you know big big performance 26.8 points on the week from him. He is somebody who we've always hoped that this could be the thing and we could we could tap in consistent but pretty much has has done nothing over the last kind of season and i guess we'll say 13 weeks up to week 14 really nothing in, in 2020 uh week uh sorry in 2019 he did have two weeks towards the playoff stretch where he was away, running back one uh, finishing with 18 points and 26 points in back-to-back weeks so there's, there's two options here sean probably the most realistic one is that it goes back to you know lower scoring than we, we've seen this week but we have seen him put up back-to-back weeks in the past what what should our hopes be for for Penny, who has shown flashes in the past, but it just hasn't continued on a consistent level.
2: Well, one of the things that we see with Penny is that he does have that speed to break a big play if he can get those broken tackles around the line of scrimmage or if he can get through the line of scrimmage. That's one of the things we're always looking for from these backs so that low-value touches can turn into high-value touches in a heartbeat. Uh, He's also the guy now where you would expect him to get those high-value touches when they do get in there by the goal line, hopefully Tyler Lockett can be stopped short of the end zone on a few occasions over these next couple weeks. It's not a particularly appealing final stretch schedule. And so you know, we're probably looking for games more in the 15 point range. And <laughs> considering what he's done to this point, you might even consider 15 points to be greedy, but he is going to be the Seahawks starting runner. You mentioned that you have him on uh, as one of your most rostered players I was chatting with Curtis Patrick, who is a part of the flagship show with the road radio network and uh, Rashad Penny. He was on the 2021 zero RB candidates countdown. As you mentioned, that hadn't paid off until this week. He was also on Curtis's list of the must draft running backs. Obviously that hadn't paid off until this week. Curtis has him on 50% of his best ball teams and has had a, a sort of a, basically a one third win rate on pretty decent volume. So Curtis now has some real opportunities in the playoffs. And so, as a road of his group, we were high on Penny. We like his profile when he's healthy, which is basically never, he's going to get some opportunities within this Seahawks offense that wants to run the ball and hasn't been able to, except for perhaps when they have him. And so there is some upside here. It is going to be relevant. People do have him on some rosters. Kalam, you mentioned that
1: just, just when you just when you mentioned Curtis, I just want to mention uh, I, I actually have him uh, on just short of 30% of my rosters overall. So Curtis is, between the two of us, is, is quite high ownership. In one league, uh, Curtis tweeted out last week, I know some of the, the listeners had commented on it, there was less than half a point between us after uh, 13 weeks of the season and, and one league that we're in against each other in the best ball league. This past week, I put up 197.85 points, and I thought... Maybe i've got ahead of curtis this week so uh curtis put up 231.35 points and that so he extended his lead even in a week where, where we had a big week but in that league i actually had penny uh in the starting lineup and james connor as well so two of my most drafted players in there together but yeah curtis is on a real tear on that roster with uh cooper cup somebody who we're going to talk about later hunter renfro uh, and he has tom brady and dalvin cook in there as well so big weeks from from those guys, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun. The other player that uh, is in that and he's been looking along to see if he can catch up with us is uh Frank Duffy, who is a, a loyal podcast listener, and um, but he is uh, in third place there. But myself and Curtis having big weeks, and I, I thought I might overtake Curtis, but uh, the dynasty commander just put his foot on the accelerator, <laughs> so uh, we'll see if we can catch up.
2: Yes, well, it was. It was hard for anybody who came in enthusiastic that they might gain some ground on the cup teams going into last night, and that obviously did not happen. It also did not happen if you were trying to make up ground on James Connor. Colin, you had mentioned that with our advancement, we are now in a new 12-team league. I believe that we are now in the final 192 to win the $100,000 in the FFPC contest. One of the things we were hoping for was to get this Jonathan Taylor team through, not have to face too many other Taylor teams. You mentioned that in our new 12 team randomly generated league, there are a lot of teams with Devontae Adams, a lot of teams with Aaron Rodgers. That wasn't the case for us last week, but not surprising with those big games, the teams that had them did tend to advance. So about half of the teams left will have those. So it'll be a case sort of, of it'll be Rodgers, Adams teams that advance, or it'll be Rodgers shirt Adams teams that do not Also, Mark Andrews, another one of our players on a lot of teams. But the two guys who aren't represented very heavily, Jonathan Taylor Rashad Sean Penny. So we'll be hoping that they can be the things that differentiate ourselves as those teams look to advance to the next level. Certainly, there are worse players, I think, to differentiate yourself at this point. You mentioned DJ Moore is another one. Uh, He had a little bit of a, a game last week, fought through some injuries, seemed to be really competing to try and stay out there and help them Win, keep them alive in the playoff picture. Uh, they're definitely now on the outskirts as far as that goes. We know he's dealing with a hamstring injury. We know he's very beaten up. Robbie Anderson had a little better week this past week. Uh, we'll have to hope he plays because you could definitely see some scenarios in which Moore gets shut down for a week or two to try and recoup some of these injuries. Column a few other names with big games this past week. You had mentioned Hunter Renfro. He has been very heavily targeted in week 14 and over the last month.
1: Yeah, the big key, I think, for Renfro's Renfro's, kind of explosion here, I think, has been the absence of Darren Waller. We're seeing a lot of plays that if both of them were in the offense, they're probably getting... A lot of these similar targets are right. Splitkin and of 50-50. Um, and he's just getting them all at the moment. Like, uh, But he looks fantastic doing it. Um, he's been extremely consistent. But this This past week, I know it was a blowout. I know the, the Raiders really struggled. I know we've talked on the show over recent weeks of the Raiders not having um, a lot of options in the passing game, considering you know the option of starting Derek Carr in some leagues. But Renfro this week with the uh, 13 receptions on 14 targets... Uh, 117 yards and a touchdown but like you'd expect with the rights that he may get or some of the stuff that we would see um Darren Waller getting just a 54 air yards on that so um a lot of work after the catch but second highest scoring wide receiver in the week 28.7 points Renfro is somebody who for whatever reason uh maybe it's (laughs) just some sometimes it can be as simple as appearance or, or you know in terms of what people think of his athletic background but he has been pretty consistent, uh, not to this extent, but pretty solid since he came into the NFL. But um, there has been games like this where, in terms of we're looking at players like Jarvis Landry, who may fall into that category, You know, getting a lot of work uh, in terms of receptions and short, easy completions that can rack up over the period of a game. Uh, Renfro looks to be, especially with, with Waller being out next, with all the other injuries and absences for different reasons combined with the Raiders, Looks to be somebody who who could be, you know, the Championship League one and wide receiver. We, we've talked a lot all season long about um, Cooper Cup, but some similarities as well in terms of some of the the rights and and options they're getting and the passing game. Not as much downfield work for Renfro, but um, he he looks to be somebody here who could who could turn out to be a, a must-have piece.
2: Yeah, it's been mentioned, Darren Waller. They are with the absence of rugs as well brian edwards just has not been a guy who can really do anything for him Deshaun jackson gets deep every once in a while but uh, is really not part of the offense foster murrow not able to do anything back up to waller so it really just comes down to renfro over the last four weeks his 37 targets are fourth in the nfl but The interesting thing there is that he's been so efficient, even with that target depth. So he's been being targeted 6.6 yards down the field over the stretch. That's actually deeper than what he was earlier in the season. And he he has caught a pass or two down the field, which has helped those numbers. But he has a 92% catch rate over that span, which has allowed him to actually rank higher in yard targets. Uh, He chose Deontay Johnson and Chris Godwin in targets he actually Outstrips them by a small margin in receiving yards. So he's, I mean, he's doing it. He's keeping the Raiders as competitive as they can be. Now, they were not able to hold up to my Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Your Green Bay Packers again looked dominant. So, as you've been suggesting over the last month, the Packers and Chiefs appear to be uh, hurtling toward a Super Bowl this season. It was unfortunate for the Arizona Cardinals to lose the inside track at the number one seed last night with the Rams finally looking a little bit more like a Super Bowl contender as they had looked early in the season. A couple of those passes picked off Uh, Kyler Murray column. He looked unbelievable on a handful of plays. He really scrambled in a way that was very beneficial on this one. His ability to set up that field goal right before the half seemed like it might change the game. He made it a crazy play rolling out sprinting to the sideline and then throwing back deep to A.J. Green in this one. But unfortunately, a couple of his passes to Zach Ertz were picked off, and that allowed a resurgent Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup. And now an emerging Odell Beckham, they were able to stay out in front in the second half of this game due to those turnovers. How are you looking at this Cardinals, Buccaneers, Packers battle for the number one seed?
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think it will come down to the wire. Um, I don't know if I did mention it on the show or if I mentioned it after we finished um last week, Sean, but I also think the NFL MVP will likely be the, the quarterback of whichever one of those teams finishes in the the number one seed in the NFC. And at the moment, I would have to say it with Murray missing those games and with losing a couple of the, the primetime games as they have, I think it's probably going to be um, Rodgers or Brady. Um, I think it's going to be interesting for, and I really feel, and I felt this going into Monday Night Football, I, I feel it's between the Packers and the, the Buccaneers. The reason I feel that is there's just a couple of tougher games and that f- bit of schedule coming up here for, um the cardinals they do face off against the cowboys being one of the games i believe the other one is the colts as well that they face off so some challenging games in there and then the buccaneers face off with i think the panthers twice the jets uh and potentially the falcons are the other team or no sorry the saints are the other team that are in there this coming week but uh between the two the three schedules the packers and the the bucks definitely have an easier schedule uh the the cardinals are a little bit strange and I, I believe i did say it on the show last week now that i'm talking through it i think it was that i mentioned that they remind me a lot of the packers from two years ago where they had a pretty good record nobody really felt that they were going to you know win the super bowl but then they got blown out by the, the 49ers in the nfc championship and then last year was a completely different team uh much more explosive much many more points this team is a little bit different but it's like a combination of decent defense and then the offense is starting to get its groove back so i think uh, the cardinals maybe are just not as good as their records suggest they have slipped up against the packers at home and uh, i think they're unbeaten on the road but they have lost a couple of key games at home now which is, is quite strange as well but uh i think it'll be the the bucks or the packers that that end up getting that that seed in terms of how that works out for the players um the Packers are obviously running through Devontae Adams and, and the running backs at the moment. Aaron Jones didn't get a huge amount of work this last week, but put up a lot of points uh, with those two touchdowns. And then we have a situation where it may just be as they, they're working back in from injury with Aaron Jones, but A.J. Dillon's getting a lot more of the overall work, but a lot of those then are falling into that low-value uh, low touches category. Even this week we did see... Uh, Dylan come off after getting a rush in the the red zone but then it was it was Aaron Jones who come in to to finish off that drive with a touchdown so I, I think the Packers the the interesting thing for people playing DFS are in some of these tournaments with players who may be low owned I think the likes of Lazard or MVS with Cobb out of the pitcher at the moment um, could have some big spike weeks coming up here who could be People who kind of push people through in DFS or or best ball. The other side of the thing is the Buccaneers' offense just looks pretty much unstoppable. I know they were slowed down for a period of time in that second half against the Bills, but they are just moving at a a great rate. Um, The offensive line looks phenomenal. Obviously, we've talked about Fournette scores again. We had uh, kind of an incredible catch by Mike Evans. Like, they kind of have players who you know their strengths, but they're really... uh, highlighting those strengths as they move through the season so um the buccaneers are going to be going to be scoring a lot of points here anyone that has them on the rosters heading into the fantasy championships are in a really strong spot but i I think all three of those offenses not only are they the teams at the top end sometimes we have teams at the high end of each conference that where maybe they're not going to put up that many points in offense but i think all three of those are going to be key components the other key component i do think is the the LA Rams um, they look to be to be pretty much back but not 100% sure if, if they're kind of a more fair weather team as well but in terms of fantasy points what we care about here at the moment they're going to put up continue to put up those fantasy points over the next 4 weeks
2: you mentioned Alan Lazard he had seven targets six receptions 75 yards and a touchdown in this one he one of these guys who now with Randall Cobb out There is a lot to like if you're desperate, right? He's the player who, in 2019, he was targeted more than 14 yards down the field. In 2020, just about 9.5. Cobb has two wide receiver one finishes as the underneath receiver this season, but that underneath role now available, and Lazard, more than MVS is going to be the guy who fills that. He has his second solid game of this year. He had five big games in 2019. Now, again, in 2019, he was doing a little bit of different target profile, but we know that MVS and Lazard are going to be in with some shots. It's a little bit like the situation with these running backs where you don't know who is going to get the high-value touch between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in any given week. Dillon played well in this game to not really score very many points, but anytime that you're sharing time with as a back as explosive – as Aaron Jones, that can very easily happen.
1: Yeah, the other note to uh, mention in there, just when, you, when we are on uh, Lazard, and you mentioned the kind of target profile, with the injury to Robert Townian, Um, Lazard is somebody who stays on the field like pretty much all the time and for his blocking abilities. So we often look at you know tight ends and, and who might get some of those targets. It actually fits, and I think I mentioned this maybe a month ago, fits pretty well in with his profile to get some of those play action passes and that as well as some of the slot work that he was doing uh the Packers in this one uh, and I haven't seen it highlighted too many other places because Lazard's obviously a wide receiver but in terms of the combination of the usage between Lazard Lewis and Deguara who is the the other tight end who has flashed in a couple of spots so far this season but uh tree for 44 yards for for Deguara Mercedes Lewis who tends not to be used a huge amount four for 51 and then obviously you mentioned Lazard's uh, stats in there as well in terms of what he did this past week so i think we could see a lot more around that but there is a potential as well that lizards actually continues to increase based on on what he did this week so i think they could be he, he could be very very interesting but i've said this before mbs is still the one i think has the the bigger days based on his explosive abilities NFL football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season and attend a game, whether it's a home game for your favourite team or it's on the road, Tick pick has you covered. Visit tickpick.com slash rotoviz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets. That is tickpick.com slash rotoviz.
2: And you mentioned the explosive abilities. Uh, one of the things because Aaron Rodgers has been sort of sort of negative about his own players because he agitated for the Cobb acquisition and because of all the sort of rhetoric around them selecting Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon at a time period where that's not what Rodgers wanted, we get this impression that they're not very talented at the receiver positions. Obviously, when you have a star like Devontae Adams, you're hoping that you can add to that in a way that's extremely dynamic. We talk all the time about the fact that the Chiefs, even with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, that if they had one more player, they would be virtually unstoppable. They've had a lot of trouble filling that one more player role, whether it's a running back. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire actually looked pretty good in this one, although it's sort of tough because Derek Gore and Daryl Williams also look fantastic against the Raiders team. that's absolutely collapsing. Chiefs looking for their guy. The Packers would love to have another star with Adams, but at the same time, they also just already have an embarrassment of riches, right? People forget, I think, or just overlook the fact that because of the rhetoric surrounding this offense, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, one of the most athletic receivers in the NFL, especially when you consider his size, Alan Lazard, again, this size athleticism profile that's very, very unique. I think people forget that not only are those big guys, but they tested in the 90th percentile in a variety of metrics coming out of college, right? So these are big athletic guys. Now you can say being big and being athletic, that's not all there is to being an NFL wide receiver. But when we look at the solid results that they've had and the very good results they've had at the time, there's no longer really a question of if these guys can play at all. And so now that when they're out there and they have this size athleticism profile, I mean, with Lazard, you're talking about a guy who has incredible leaping ability to go with this massive frame of I mean, Lazard someone they'd even talked a little bit of oh we could you know play him in this tight end-ish kind of role with exactly what you were saying the fact that we have our main tight end and Antonian out the leaping ability that he puts with that I mean this is a difficult guard if the play person can play at all so you have Devonte Adams out there you have two of the guys who when they came into the NFL topped the class in freak score right so the Packers have weapons on offense and especially when Aaron Rodgers is playing the way that he's playing. And it'll be interesting. Obviously Chris Collinsworth got into a little bit of trouble uh, for saying things that are ridiculous, Uh, (laughs) but talking about Aaron Rodgers and his honesty and all of that, obviously there's no case to be made for Rodgers honesty. There is a case to be made for his brilliance and uh, he's just ridiculously good has been for a decade, right? When we're talking about, a quarterback who can elevate the players around him. I mean, there's no competition between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, right? I mean, both of these guys they they want more weapons. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not out there saying, "Oh, if I had Jonathan Taylor," in part because he was one of the guys arguing for Clyde edwards alaire But I mean, he's not saying, "Oh, if I had like five or six other guys, I would be good." You know, that's what some of. Those, I mean, that's what Tom Brady is always doing. He's like, "I can win a Super Bowl if I'm playing on the best team." It's like you know, a lot of players could do that, and you know, we'll see. If he is, in fact, on the best team, I am more uh, conservative, I think, in terms of the way that I see the Buccaneers at this point. They should have been able to finish off that game against the Bills fairly handily. Now, we know even though they're in a little bit of a swoon, the Bills are a team with a lot of talent. They fought extremely hard in that game. It's unfortunate that they let Brashad Perryman get free there in overtime, uh, if for no other reason then we were looking for a lot more Chris Godwin catches there, Colin. but... <laughs> We do like to see all of those plays. Godwin really emerging. As you mentioned, they have Godwin. They have Mike Evans. They have Ronald Jones to give them uh, some electric big play rushing ability if they're ever in a game where they need a good running back. So they, they really have the full roster there. We'll be able to see if their defense can hold up. Uh, one of the things that I think that you mentioned that the Cardinals have had some slips, but they've also played some good teams well. And, you know, to lose in a close game to the Rams, to the Packers, to have absolutely annihilated the Rams the first time, to have controlled a lot of these other games, to have won so convincingly in most cases when Kyler Murray was out and a lot of the other players were out. I mean, they lost this game last night in large part, although definitely not exclusively. They were going to have some more uh, things they had to accomplish to win it beyond just this. But you see DeAndre Hopkins drop an uncontested fourth down play that – you know, really turned the game, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, right there with Devontae Adams as the best receiver among the old guard at the very least in the NFL. That's not a play that you would expect him to make another 100 times given that opportunity. Right. And so we know that some of these guys coming back from injury, it'll just be interesting to see how much they can do. It'll also be interesting to see what kind of role James Connor has now that He's established himself again, really at his Pittsburgh Steelers peak, right now. This is somebody the one-handed who,
1: catch man.
2: It and you know I mentioned that that Michael Dubner he likes to send me the James Connor messages every week. Usually it's about him scoring. Obviously he scored twice yesterday, but my message from Michael this time around was about how Connor leads the NFL in one-handed catches and. <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of just blows your mind, right? I mean, the one the previous week in the rain was crazy, and then the one yesterday, it was just like one hand is all people should ever use for catches. That's just the way you play the game. So <laughs> we'll see what he can do
1: there. The, I'm not sure if I think it was the second rushing touchdown maybe that he had yesterday, but when he kind of runs into the line, obviously it looks like play's dead. But like immediately you see Kyler Murray's arms go up to celebrate, like he knows like once he's made that step, like and there's still like five yards to go. It's like no, he's definitely getting in here. So he, they're, they're all kind of feeling it as well, I guess. But, yeah, you know, I, I was touting him this offseason, drafted him a lot. This probably wasn't even at my high end of the expectations, but he's actually getting better as the season goes on, and um, it's going to be interesting when Edmonds comes back in to see how that, that filter, filters out. But, yeah, um, another amazing one-handed catch.
2: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned for a guy who is yeah. – <laughs> being stopped for two and three yard gains in the middle of the field, the nose he has for the goal line, because he stopped on both of those plays, right? He stopped yeah. on the short yardage one. He stopped on the wildcat one. Both of them, he fights all the way through. It's almost like he's, those plays are important. I should go ahead and score. Yeah. <laughs> we know that early in the season, we talked about the fact that he had pretty decent peripherals, that his evasion rate, which you can see if you go to the advanced stat explorer was actually very high, but he was breaking tackles and then not going anywhere. James Conner is not fast at this point. And so he can break some tackles and not go anywhere, a la David Montgomery or Zach Moss. I was looking at Zach Moss's broken tackle numbers are still pretty solid. But, you know, once you break a tackle, you've got to run forward. Uh, he's kind of in the, the Marshawn Lynch early in his career phase where you break a lot of tackles and then you're, Still tackled right where you were, so that part doesn't help. You have to run for it. James Conner, kind of at the other end of it, where he's kind of past the point where he has the speed to make a lot out of that. Except by the goal line, he's like, "You break a tackle, you're getting in there, fight through it." You combine the high value touches at the goal line with now his work in the receiving game. The interesting question here will be, how do they play this when Edmonds comes back? That's what you mentioned, and the part that was tricky for people rostering and playing Connor early was that Edmonds was so electric as a receiver he's so good in space that they just couldn't afford to use Connor in the receiving game now that they're confronted with this element where these are these two guys may be their two best weapons in the passing game now we saw AJ Green have one of his best games really in the last five years last night we saw Christian Kirk get open for the deep pass So those guys are making some plays. They tried to use Rondell Moore in the Chase Edmonds role for anybody who still has to play more. And you and I, you know, we're ready for more in that best ball league. He's one of those receivers now that Elijah Moore is very sadly on the IR. Oh, we have to get to week 17. So one of the last 12 teams have Elijah Moore back for that game and have him go off for 200 yards to win it. Back to the topic at hand, right? How do they play out with Edmonds and with Connor now that Connor has sort of reestablished himself as one of the best receiving backs in the entire NFL? One of the things that we probably would like to see is that Edmonds takes actually a few of these low-value touches in the middle of the field. They try and use his speed. If you're handing off on you know second and eight at the fifty, I mean James Connor doesn't help you that much, right there, right? And he's going to gain three or four yards. He's slow you're not going to break a 50-yard play now he did in that week where he had the 40 points he had a couple of long plays but you want chase edmonds and the speed in on those plays on some of these third down plays and around the goal line I and mean, that seems like james connor territory so we'll see how that plays out
1: yeah the play the play too and the thesis behind connor in the off and the offseason and it was was the high value touches and was the goal line work so you know i would still expect him to have that the part that he wasn't getting early in the season was the receiving work so if he can hold some of that i think we're still on to a, a winner here towards the end of the season with connor uh during the show sean as we were recording we talked about our best ball team a little bit earlier that did get through. i thought our, our team had quite a good week finished 193 points and that one and uh finished top off that 12 team league uh one of our uh loyal listeners josh carpenter actually sent a screenshot of his team that made it true um he did send me the team i'm um, just looking back here on the 23rd of august so uh, he followed up that tweet to share how that team did this week he finished with just short of 228 points 227.85 uh, and and this team uh he also mentioned is uh he, he drafted etn um, and and this draft as uh i'm just double checking here the original draft board i think is his first running back in that draft so um in terms of how things have have played out for him that team is is looking quite quite good and just to, to shout through a couple of his players tom brady james Connor you'll notice sean there's some of these players on our rosters too you'll know he's uh a road of his uh you know listener in the road of his reader but rashad penny in there uh cooper cup Devonte adams he did have julio in the flex obviously best ball picking your best players chris godwin and george kettle so monster week there for him and um, we'll see how it plays out he did also lose elijah Moore. i would say there's a lot of our our listeners in the same boat that elijah Moore got on the ir we we have him on all our rosters but uh, josh is in, in good shape there so maybe uh things work out and maybe uh we end up Facing, facing off against Josh in that uh, showdown for the, the 100K. That
2: would be fantastic. We don't have James Conner, and we don't have Cooper Cup, so he would have the leg up on us. In that case, we would be looking for a 45-point uh, week from Jonathan Taylor, trying to take him down with our running back star. But, I mean, does Taylor even have the advantage on Conner at this point? We will see. <laughs> Taylor obviously has the long-run ability. He has the... Uh, red zone and ed zone dominance. Connor's role as Edmonds come back will be the story of the fantasy playoffs. Another big story of the fantasy playoffs column will be Justin Jefferson and how he continues to perform, uh, especially if Adam Thielen is out uh, in a kind of, uh, you know, somewhat humorous, somewhat serious capacity. I don't know how serious you can call it when I a guy for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Was,
1: from what I remember it was 100 serious 100
2: 100 and I was watching the game and I was like I was right
1: god I don't know it has to be like it has to be infuriating to be Justin Jefferson playing with Kirk Cousins
2: this is a guy who went for 75 yards and one touchdown and you're watching the game and you're like the 304 was there he missed him on three additional touchdowns he missed him down the field constantly
1: 30 plus yards touchdowns like
2: if Kirk cousins plays an average game as an nfl quarterback the vikings win about 60 to 10 just an average game not a good game an average game and I, that's I how bad used... the pittsburgh Steelers were but also wow. it was a testament to just how bad Kirk cousins was that they were able to come back and almost make this a game cousins throwing egregious interceptions and again I mean, three additional straightforward touchdowns to Justin Jefferson
1: in this one. I've used the phrase on this show a couple of times, Sean, in recent weeks about Devontae Adams, that he's a top two wide receiver in the NFL and he's not number two. Jo- Justin Jefferson is, Devontae Adams are better if he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, he is as good as there is, but he's been held back with this this quarterback. Um, I, I defended Kirk Cousins, which is not, may have been the first time I ever did it on that show, uh, but man we, we've seen a couple of times we've seen it a few weeks ago against the 49ers where there was the the pass to his his feet uh which obviously was bad but we've seen this time and time again where they either phase him out of the offense this week they couldn't do that when adam thielen was out but those pass, like he is so wide open like i don't know we'll, we'll probably just leave it there <laughs>
2: We should also mention Dalvin Cook, 200 yards rushing. We talk about the best running backs in the NFL. Obviously, we talk about Jonathan Taylor. We talk about some guys who are the best pure rushers like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. We talk about the best overall running backs in Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. It's easy to forget about Dalvin Cook, in part because he plays in this goofy Vikings offense with Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Even if you're a running back, if Kirk Cousins is your QB, it just makes the whole thing feel less somehow, right? But he's also hurt. You know, once every three weeks, which makes it difficult to get too much of a rhythm going.
1: Dislocated the shoulder two weeks ago, and not even a full two weeks. Thursday night football.
2: Yeah, it's like I get injured a lot, but I'm also willing to play. It's like, I mean, I'm holding the ball in my arm, I'm running with my legs. You know, you just hope you don't get hurt in that super painful area again, extremely quickly. And when you're down cook and you make the sharpest cuts. In the NFL, probably the sharpest cuts we've seen since so Barry good. Sanders. And you, you know, accelerate into the hole at a speed that the defense can't contend with. When you talk about Alexander Madison, this was one of the big plays of last week, right? Even going into the game, you see some teams out there who had both of them who went with Madison in part uh, because it just seemed like the touch load for Cook would be limited. And Madison has been good because this is an effective offense for running backs. But again, we see the huge gap between cook and Madison with this game. The Pittsburgh Steelers just seem stunned. They looked like they were playing with seven or eight guys on defense as cook just shredded them. And then he has that speed at the second level to consistently make big plays even more than Jonathan Taylor. He's someone who is into the secondary over and over and over again. And maybe he doesn't have the 80 yard run speed in quite the same way. But no one creates these 30- and 40-yard runs like Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, nobody. He he just looks so smooth. Um, and that performance and a uh, massive night for him and, and people who had him. And, and there was a dilemma prior to it, should you play him, like you mentioned with the workload, but so, so good. Um, and also part of that offense is when he's in there, teams like the way the Steelers played are terrified, and that does open up those play-action options to Justin Jefferson. But unfortunately – you know, we get one or two of those uh bad misses each and every week. But that is going to bring us to the end of today's show. We'll have lots more to talk about on Thursday and we'll be back on Saturday as well. For anyone interested in that best ball roster, um, in terms of the draft, I did post on Monday a recap or the, the full live draft. It's a team myself, Sean, and Blair Andrews have. Um we've obviously referenced Blair a lot on the show. Um, one of the best writers out there. Um so that is the team we will be mentioning over the next couple of weeks hopefully on the run for that 100k and uh, that draft and follow was posted on monday so check out the road of His ot feed if you want to head back and listen to that uh, and how we constructed that roster as always you can get yourself a listeners only discount or road of His nfl pass by using the code rv radio 2021 at checkout You can go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for more information that gets you access to all of the content and tools up on the site we did mention curtis patrick in today's show mentioned blair there sean's work as well you get access to all of that and much much more with that nfl subscription so treat yourself today once again that code is rv radio 2021 as i mentioned a moment ago we will be back on thursday with another show sean and ben will have you covered with some stealing bananas coming over the next couple of days as well so make sure you're subscribed over there to get that once it goes live my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtake my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work including some of the pieces uh, we discussed on today's show up on rotobiz.com and until we're back on thursday have a good one